This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. When you got two weeks to kill before the Super Bowl, you can always rely on Jerry Jones. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Christopher O'Hara, Carlin, Joseph, <laughs> Arthur, Anthony, Harrison, Fortinbaugh, the fourth. Joseph, how are you? My man, COC. Always a pleasure to be working with you. And a special shout out to everybody out there who participated in dry January. Today is the finish line. <laughs> For those of you who made it, we're proud of you here on this show. We're proud. Yes, yes. Yes, we can. And it's time for debauchery February. <laughs> it's time for a filler up February. <laughs> I am so excited, and it's not just because I got a pair of joggers yesterday at Costco. Oh, my God. We'll get into that in just a little bit, which I never anticipated them having a big fella's size. But guess what? We lucked into that for fourteen ninety nine. It's but a hell Joseph, of an operation they're running over there. Oh, it really is. Tight ship. Tight, tight ship. And Joseph, uh, Jerry Jones speaking out. Let's Let's just start in a little bit of a different way today. Because we always enjoy whenever he has something to say. Every week, someone in the NFL says something that leaves us scratching our heads. And it's usually Jerry Jones. I have to believe one and one is three. I can't operate where one and one is two. This is Jerry's world. And yes, we're it is. Just living in it. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Here is the Cowboys owner yesterday chiming in on his quarterback this season. Dak has done nothing to change my mind on any uh, promise for the future. I think I said in the deal that we'd go as far as Dak takes us in the playoffs. Remember that? Right. We'd go as far as Dak takes us. Right. And that's how far we went. Oh, right. So okay, so my point is that doesn't change a thing. Okay. Where we'll go as far as Dak takes us. My favorite part of that whole thing is it sounded like it was starting as a compliment, and then it kind of smacked him around a little bit, and then it followed with what sounded like a compliment at the end as reporters are trying to interject and understand what exactly it is he's saying. I do like the fact that he had to stop all the reporters, and he's like, you remember when I said this, right? <laughs> because if you don't, your ass is out of here. I'm throwing all of you out. When I speak, you don't listen. You listen and you retain. Yes. And you better have retained that I've said this before. And everyone's probably like, yeah, yeah, we we, we heard you. And we, we, we reported on it. I, yep. I, all right, let's start with this. How much of this is just showmanship, right? Like how much of this is, here we go. Let's get the Cowboys in the news because mission accomplished. We will talk about this extensively today because it is the Dallas Cowboys, but Jerry here, I mean, is it just an old guy popping off a little bit? Is he having some fun or he trying to get a message across? How do you interpret the Zapruder tape? Well, first of all, it made me think that he wasn't exactly quite sure of what he was actually saying. <laughs> okay. Which, I, I mean, could he have gotten crossed up in his delivery of the message? I find that unlikely. But uh, in, in all seriousness, I, I just... What exactly are you trying to say? Are, are you saying that Dak just took us as far as we could go? Because I would argue that if the truth was in there, as much as I knocked Dak for that performance against the Packers, uh, the truth is, if Dak was expected to score 55 points 
to win a game in the postseason, then yes, in actuality, that's true. But that's obviously absurd to suggest. Your team did not go as far as Dak could take you. Your team went as far as a defense that was absolutely atrocious ended up taking you. And there was nothing Dak Prescott could have done about that, even though he contributed 14 points of his own in there. They were all terrible. If we're going back to that game, wild card weekend, which, by the way, congratulations to Jerry as we're building up to the Super Bowl. He gets his team right into the spotlight here, just right into the spotlight. It's not about Mahomes and Purdy. It's about Dak Prescott. Job well done. It was a systemic failure top to bottom. In that game, you can assign blame however you want. Everyone's accountable. Nobody's coming out of that going, well, I played great. Well, this unit looked fantastic. They all stunk. You got to figure some of this. Some of this is the initial phase of the back and forth negotiating that's going to take place between the Cowboys and Dak Prescott, who is a quarterback entering the final year of his contract, who has a clause in that contract that says the Cowboys cannot franchise tag him, Carlin, which means Cowboys essentially have – Small handful of options here. Number one, you let Prescott play out the final year, and then you either let him go or you try to re-sign him in free agency, which would not be a good move because you'd be bringing all the other suitors to the table. Number two, you can give him a long-term extension right now and end all this. Or number three, I guess I didn't have a third one. I guess I said there'd be three options, but there's really only two there. Well, there's only two because the quarterback— I'm off and running. Well, the quarterback has every little bit of the leverage. If this this was the start of a negotiation, it was a bad start. Like, if I'm, frankly, if I'm Dak today and I hear that comment, I'm going Eminem on them, all right? Double bird. (laughs) You want to let this go? You want to you want to go ahead and suggest that maybe I'm not your guy? Fine. Go find your guy. I'll take my 60 million this year and I will go hit the open market and I will get 300 million next year because I am getting a little bit tired even though he played as poorly as he did, Joe. Of all of the heat that this guy gets because he did have a phenomenal season. And I do think there's a ton of pressure on him to get over the top. I went through the list of guys yesterday, and he's number two on that list. But, Joe, there's only so much a guy can take here. Like, I don't need a doddering old man to try to motivate me or get some sort of a edge in leverage that he believes he's getting when he has none. How often does the NFL player have leverage? Rare. Four percent of the time. I mean, somebody call Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley hasn't had an ounce of leverage, and he's been a tremendous player since the day he showed up. Exactly. If Dak Prescott just decided, you know what, we're good. I'm not going to sign an extension. I'm good. I don't blame him one bit. That's exactly what he should do. Well, this is what what he should do on top of that is there should be a step one. Your step two is fantastic. Step one should be the, I want the Lamar Jackson contract. I want the fully guaranteed contract. His agents should go in. They should sit down with Jerry. They should say, thanks for having us. We are going to want, insert amount of years here, we'll call it five. Um, we are going to want $50 million per year. Obviously, you can toy with that. Maybe you go to 60 But uh-huh. you say five years, $50 million, $250 million. We want that fully guaranteed. And when the Cowboys say, no thanks, you say, no problem. We will see you at training camp. And that's that. 
Take your summer off. Do your thing. Show up at training camp. Go get your payday for the final year. Play hard. Put your numbers up. You'll probably do a good job like you normally do. And then hit the open market. And it's Atlanta. It's Pittsburgh. It's Look, by the time we get to next year and we talk about the open market, half the league will be interested. Half the league will be interested in signing Dak Prescott. You can mark my words on that one. Half the league. Because that's how many vacancies will be either available or soon to be available knowing you can upgrade with a quarterback like that. Is he Mahomes? No. But he is more than capable of winning games, running an offense, and putting up numbers as he's shown year after year after year. He will have plenty of suitors. That's what I'm doing. Fully guaranteed, or I'll see you in August, and we can just go ahead and play out the season. Jerry's got nothing here. This is his fault. This is his organization's fault that they put the no franchise tag clause in the contract. Yeah. I mean, I'm guessing they assume they would never get to this, or they assume that when they got to the end of this deal, they would just move on from him. How'd you get to this spot? Very rare that a team gets jammed up like this. It, Jerry, the first time around, went through that negotiation like he didn't want to pay him. And it always felt has felt like he hasn't wanted to pay him. It has always felt that way. Fine. I'll walk away. Go get your solution. And I'm sure at some point the Cowboys will. Maybe they will right away. Maybe they'll find somebody in the draft right away that they can win with quicker. But that's not my problem. That's not my problem anymore. I want to see you, Jerry, who continues to talk about how important winning is and who laughably said yesterday, well, the Cowboys going to be all in next year. Oh, oh my God. What, what do his words even mean? They don't mean anything. They're useless. So if I were Dak, I'll, I'll take it and I'll walk. I'll take it and I'll walk and I'll be very happy doing so. And we'll try to go win. Hopefully we do actually get over the hump this year because that Ooh. will give me even more leverage. That's the Joe Flacco agents. year. Joe Flacco exactly. did that. The Ravens went ahead and tried to give Flacco an extension. He didn't like it. He said, I'll take my chances. Played out the year. Won a Super Bowl. Had a tremendous run and then cashed in big. Two points. Number one, as we're speaking about the Ravens, I mentioned Lamar Jackson earlier. When I'm talking about Dak going for the fully guaranteed deal, I'm talking about going for what Lamar Jackson tried to get and didn't get. Mm -hmm. Deshaun Watson actually has the fully guaranteed deal. That's what everyone's coveting. Number two, Quickly, let me throw this at you. If you don't sign this guy or have something done by April-ish May, right, right in that draft wheelhouse, are you actually contemplating using a high draft pick on his replacement? Because if you do that with a team that's this close to winning now, you need assets that can come in and help you win yeah. now. You Especially. need O-line, <laughs> you need defensive backs, you need guys that can help you now. How can you afford to burn a high pick on a quarterback that wouldn't play? You don't even need guys that are going to help you right now. You guys who are going to help you right now for cheap. Yeah. Because he's costing you $60 million. And so Lamb's if you're going to do that, Parsons you, is coming up. You need guys to walk in the door and make a major impact right away. So if you if you want to go ahead and draft a quarterback, by all means, go nuts. Think about that. If we're going to draft a quarterback. We'll show him. No, you won't. No. You will not show him anything. No. What you will show him is a lot more money on the on the free market, and maybe he goes somewhere else and wins one. Whew. How's that going to work out for you? Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. For a job you'll love, visit Progressive.com slash careers. Joseph, we are just getting started. There was a ridiculously scary moment last night in the NBA, the effects of which we do not know as of yet. We will discuss in moments on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Bede with it, he drops it, turnover, he falls on the ball, and Bede twisting, he's riding in pain, and Bede is hurt. Obviously medical cleared him, Dwell obviously is a big part of that, he said he was feeling good. But I still love where they are if Embiid's healthy, and that's true whether they make a trade or not. If Embiid is healthy, he is a beast to deal with. I think, again, the Celtics are the best team in the East. Dealing with them is going to be hard, four out of seven, but I think the Sixers just got to weather the storm right now and prioritize health. Not a good sight, though, to see him limping off last night. Joel Embiid banged up even more last night against the Warriors. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. We got NBA on ESPN Radio all week. You got the Lakers and Celtics Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern. You got Saturday, 8 p.m. Eastern, Lakers and Knicks. But as for the 76ers... We know that Embiid had missed the previous two games. There was a lot of hubbub about him missing the game in Denver and no real clarification at the time as to whether or not that was injury-related or, or rest-related. It, it is injury-related now, uh, not even just off of last night, but we have found out since uh, that he had to get scratched because something wasn't quite feeling right. And then last night, he gets tangled up with Jonathan Kaminga and with... Uh, with uh, um, for Pete's sake, uh, come on, uh, Draymond. Thank you. You were very helpful there, Joe. Uh, I wasn't sure what the hell was happening. I got gotcha. you. I it, wasn't sure if it, we were talking stroke or if we're talking just mental mental lapse trying to get to the play. But we got there. The answer is yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> here's here's Nick Nurse after the game talking about Joel's injury and exactly what it's related to, if anything, previous. He uh, obviously got landed on. They're going to do an MRI tonight or tomorrow. It's kind of unrelated to what's been bothering him. So we just wait on that. Yeah, so you guys saw the play. He was landed and he got landed, landed on. Yep. What I can't get over is how much of a big deal we are making about the fact that he may not win the MVP. 
Who cares? Who cares? This is a team that has not gotten beyond the second round with Joel Embiid yet. He has a lot to prove in front of him. You know, I went and looked last night after you brought this up. The idea that he and Lamar Jackson have parallels in so many ways, and it's it's so true in his inability to get beyond the second round. And of course, it's not all his fault, but I don't care if Joel Embiid plays 10 more games the rest of this regular season. All that matters is that he is ready for the postseason. All that matters is that the Sixers make it there. The seed doesn't matter to me. None of it matters to me. Just the fact that they need to be able to capitalize on this guy during the middle of his prime. Yeah, but that's the problem right now with the NBA. And and this this whole thing is a mess. The the NBA is is not a team sport. It is an individual sport. It it's built to be a team sport. It looks like a team sport because it's teams playing each other, but it's as individualized as it can possibly be. From the free agency to the trade requests to the assembling of these big three units, to the the fracturing of these big three units, to the chasing of awards, to the load management. This is an individual sport. The individuals come together and, and do the same thing at the same time, but it's not a team sport. To your point, I'm watching First Take this morning, and when they're talking about this injury, he's down and it says Joel Embiid injured in loss to Warriors, and then the bar underneath that which should have said something, at least in my opinion, regarding the Sixers' playoff chances or how much does this hurt the Sixers long-term, that should have been the focus. Instead, it was may not reach threshold of 65 games for MVP award. That's what we're talking about. And for those who are uh, want the update, Embiid has played 34 of 46 games. He can only miss five more games if he wants to be eligible for postseason awards and postseason All-NBA teams. you got to play 65 games. This rule was put in place because individuals did not want to play basketball. That was the problem, right? We had to start putting rules in place to get guys to play basketball because they didn't want to play. They wanted to load manage. They wanted to look after their careers. And by the way, there's a great study that came out recently that said load management, it, 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 the science is showing it's not doing anything to help these guys. It's not preventing injuries. So we've got that study out there now. But essentially, here's a rule. You have to do this. You have to do your job in order to qualify for all these things because you don't want to do your jobs. You don't see this anywhere. You don't see it in pro football. You don't see it in collegiate sports. You don't see it in golf, right? Like you might have to play a certain amount to qualify and keep your card, but guys are going to go out and play. They don't want to play in the NBA, so they have to put rules in there to play. And then when you get hurt, we start talking about whether or not the individual award is compromised rather than the team's pursuit of a championship. The sport has got everything backwards right now. Everything. It's all about the individual, and it's killing things because the Sixers are a fun story, but all we're focusing on is Embiid's pursuit of the MVP award. Why? Why is that all we're interested in? I I wish I had a good answer for it. Especially when, I mean, just as simply as you just put it, sometimes we we don't boil it down to those simple words of, we had to put rules in place to get you to do your job. Right. (laughs) And the NBA is not the only entity that has to do that. If you look around American culture, like we have to incentivize everybody to show up and earn their check. Like right now the check is, it's like, you, you should be happy that I'm willing to show up and do this job. That check, I'm entitled to that check. 
Yeah. That's how people look at things now. It, it, it's it's sickening in some regards because it's not everybody, but we've just gotten lazy. And, and that's what the NBA is right now. It, rules are in place to get you to do your job, with which comes with incredible, lucrative, guaranteed contracts. Yep. Like you've got all types of security with these deals. I tell you. It's it's bothersome on many levels. Yes, I I just want to get away from that individual award because of what has gone on with that city individually. Can we talk about the actual injury for a second? No, 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 no. I don't want to hear about how this affects playoff hopes. I want to hear about how this affects Embiid making third team All NBA defense. Well, I hate to let you down, but <laughs> he's not going to make third team All NBA defense. <laughs> Because he's not going to qualify. He won't be qualified. Yes. All right. Yes. Uh, what is this, I, a I'm Formula scared. One race? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm scared here for the Sixers. I really am. Because it's not just the injury that happened last night. It It is related to the injury that happened. Because clearly he was compensating for something. I mean, if you watch him in the game, he was not going to the 10. He was settling for threes. He had eight turnovers in the game. Like, he was absolutely awful. So something was bad to begin with, and he was out there. And I have a feeling he was out there because he had hurt it the previous couple of days. Maybe, Joe, he was out there because he was concerned about winning the MVP, like we saw with Halliburton. Halliburton rushed back because he's got to make first-team All-NBA or or be on the All-NBA team for $41 million. It's not like that's the same thing for Embiid, but he's got to get his MVP. Right. None of it matters at this point. What I'm really worried about, I'm re- until I hear that this is not that serious of a thing and I see him back on the court in short order, I'm going to be really concerned about the Sixers' ability to win a championship. It's, it's all those things. It, it's, it, it's such a mess because the Sixers handled it so poorly. Something happened Saturday. He wasn't on the injury report at all, and then he's a late scratch. So you're yeah. drawing all this attention to it. Either you didn't know about the injury or you're trying to cover it up. or I, I have no idea what happened there, but it drew put a, they put them in a terrible spotlight. He misses that game. He misses the Portland game. And now you have to ask yourself, to your point, is he rushing back to qualify for awards? Why well, was he playing in the Golden State game? Now you risk further injury. To, to Halliburton's point, he actually wants to play, but he can't play because he's hurt, but too bad yeah. because the new rule says you got to get to 65 if you want to max out your contract. But all the guys in the past who have taken so many nights off because they want to rest because they don't want to do their job have forced this rule to be in place so that fans who pay exorbitant amounts of money for tickets – to see Embiid play Jokic actually get Embiid and Jokic. It's it's maddening and amazing. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. I was talking about the show, not the situation. In just moments, are we witnessing the Chiefs' last dance? That is after I tell you about this from our friends over at Indeed, it's the perfect time to gear up and connect to quality candidates, and there's no better way to do that, Joe, than through Indeed, the hiring platform that makes it easy to attract, screen, and interview candidates all in the same place. Their interview tool helps you schedule and conduct video interviews right from your employer dashboard. Next to hassle, start hiring. Indeed.com slash credit. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Dak has done nothing to change my mind on any promise for the future. I think I said in the deal that we'd go as far as Dak takes us in the playoffs. I believe in Dak Prescott. I think he's clearly the answer. Here's a guy who's two and five in the playoffs and has never gotten past the divisional round. Do you want to extend that quarterback when in his first eight years he's not shown you he can do it? Can they get Dak Prescott to be the guy when the lights are the absolute brightest in January as the same person they are in, you know, September, October, November, December? There is no better football columnist in America than Peter King of Football Morning in America. He is a must-read every Monday morning during the football season and the offseason, for that matter. He joins us right now. Peter, it's Chris Carlin, Joe Fortenbaugh, Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. And as always, we appreciate it. So let's just start right there. Dak Prescott and the Cowboys, we know he's got the final year of his deal, $60 million guaranteed and he can go into free agency without the franchise tag. So what's the play here when we hear Jerry say things like, well, we went as far as Dak could take us. Oh, I don't know. You know, Chris, the Cowboys, uh, obviously are the biggest hope opera in sports and they continue to be, there are many owners who go to the scouting combine, but GM slash owner, Jerry Jones, I think is the only one. And, Whenever he talks, he's going to create headlines. And I don't understand really why you have to say anything other than, I hope Dak Prescott is the quarterback of our team for the next 10 years. Because there's nothing else he can say that is either uh, going to help the situation or going to do anything but create a headline that can't be good for anybody. I mean, it's it's very odd the the emotion that Dak Prescott stirs. I mean, he's really one of the finest human beings in the game, and I understand you don't pay people 
based on what good people they are. But if you're not going to pay them, don't pay them. But the the way the Cowboys have stretched out the Dak Prescott uh, contracts the last two times. I mean, the last time, it seems like it's all anybody wrote about or talked about for two years. And I guess we're headed down the same road now. But I, I, I think they should pay him. But the question is, should you pay him now or should you wait? And I, I think I would probably try to pay him now because you could lower your cap number for next year. But in either case, uh, I'd be shocked if he wasn't the Cowboys quarterback in 2024. Peter, Dak's in a very, very favorable position right now. He's got a huge cap number, as you just alluded to, which is going to hinder the Cowboys and what they can do this offseason. It can obviously be a number that they drop down if he signs an extension. But they can't threaten the franchise tag in 2025 because he has a clause in his contract that prevents that. Do you think Dak could make a play for the Deshaun Watson contract that Lamar Jackson tried for and didn't get, essentially a fully guaranteed long-term deal? I'm sure he could try, but I would be surprised if anybody would pay him that. You know, Dak has basically, to me, uh, he's a great guy to stand in front of your fans, and he's he's a wonderful guy. But the fact is, Dak Prescott, has played football since 2016 and we're in 2024 right now. Dak Prescott has won two playoff games and he has come up alarmingly small in many of those games, including the last three years. So my question would be, is somebody going to pay 60 million fully guaranteed to a guy who they don't really know and they can't be really confident that he's going to lead you to the promised land. Peter King, Football Morning in America, joining us. Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio. Peter, you wrote about it a little bit this week, uh, that there has been the rumors, the whispers around this potentially being Andy Reid's final game if – uh, they do win. What is your read on this situation currently? I don't think he's going to retire, win or lose. I can't, I wouldn't uh, make book on that or whatever the right terminology is, but uh, I've been around Andy Reid a few times this year, and I've been around his team. Uh, I don't think he's ready to walk away, and I have heard all the rumors. I'm not sure whether they are founded or unfounded. I just believe, based on people I talk to and what I've witnessed, that Andy Reid is not going to retire. Bill Belichick appears headed for an offseason of uncertainty in terms of where he's going to be. It doesn't look like Washington or Seattle, the two open jobs, are going to make a play for him. Um what what do you think the future is here? Has has the dynamic changed between how the front office and head coach work together in the NFL to where his system in New England isn't something that's all that appealing? Well, as I wrote in my column this week, Joe, the watchword, the uh, the best word you can describe you can use to describe 
the 2024 NFL coach search process is collaborative. Okay. Now, obviously, late in Belichick's career in New England, he alienated uh, the Kraft family in a big way, uh, and he didn't win. When you're winning Super Bowls, you can act as imperious as you want. But when you're 10 below 500, as Bill Belichick was in his last four years after Tom Brady walked off campus, you can't be that way anymore. And so I think anybody who looks to see whether they might want to hire Bill Belichick is clearly going to look to see uh, what kind of person are we going to get? Are we getting a guy who we can work with? And I think it's a really, really good question to ask. That plus the fact <clears throat> that a team that hires Bill Belichick to coach in 2025, if any team does, Bill Belichick will be coaching his first game for that new team at the age of 73 years and five months. Now, you might say, well, geez, this guy looks 58, and he does. He's a young-looking guy, relatively speaking. But, you know, the birth certificate doesn't lie. And you have to ask yourself if you want to put the future of your team in the hands of a guy who's going to be 73 and a half years old. Now, he, you may well say that you want that, which is fine, but you need to go into it with your eyes open and not just in whether he's going to be a better guy to work with in your shop than he was in New England. Peter, last one from me on this, and it, it relates to this to a degree, and this may just be a crazy theory on my part, but we look what happened in baseball. Uh, we look at what happened in baseball, and so much of the focus has gone away from the manager in the game. And it almost feels like the way some of these processes are playing out, that people don't want the strong-willed head coach anymore. They may be want more of the guy that's going to do what they want with the analytics, with all of that kind of stuff. Am I misreading the direction in which teams are going and in, in hiring their head coaches away from the Mike Vrabels and more toward the guys who are going to, you know, do what they want. Like it from the outside looking in looks like with Nick Sirianni. It's hard to argue with you, Chris, especially when you see that the musical chairs, or the music is going to stop and the chairs are going to be filled. And the two guys who you might have said at the start of the process are the two best current coaches in the NFL, you know, assistant slash head coaching crop. And that's Mike Vrabel and Bill Belichick. I don't think it's so much that owners or GMs want guys who they can, you know, put in the palm of their hand and tell them what to do. I don't think it's that. I think it is, hey, listen, we want you to coach the team, but we do believe in separation of church and state. We believe that it's too much of a job for one person to be in charge of everything. Coach the team and advise on the draft, but do it the way the old New York Giants did, which always got Bill, Bill Parcells ticked off. You know, you coach the team. You make suggestions about the draft, but we're going to have another guy who's going to pick the player. I think that more than anything is what I am learning 
about the way that NFL owners, club presidents, and GMs want this to go. Great stuff, Peter. Feel better, by the way. Got a little cough going on there before the Super Bowl next week. I do, yeah. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. Thanks, Joe. We appreciate the time. He's great. He's Peter King. He is a football morning in America every Monday morning. It is a must-read. It's Carlin. Oh, my God. And it's going to take you a while because he's going to write about 10,000 words. It's not a tweet. No. We'll put it that way. Football morning in America, not a tweet. It's actually you're going to sit down, you're going to get your hands dirty, but have a cup of Joe, maybe two of them, work your way through it. You're going to come away a lot smarter having read it. One NFL player told us yesterday the biggest issue Lamar Jackson will uh, – what the biggest issue Lamar Jackson will be this offseason with him. You're going to hear it after Joe has this from Vivid Seats and I – Learn how to read. (laughs) (laughs) Catch all of your favorite sports live with Vivid Seats, even the big game. Vivid Seats is giving away two free tickets to the big game right now through February 4th. Enter to win today by downloading the Vivid Seats app or visit gamecenter.vividseats.com slash TNC for details. Experience the biggest event in sports live from Las Vegas. Thanks to Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats the official ticketing partner of ESPN. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Ladies and gentlemen, with all due respect, it was a joke job. Lamar Jackson is not the same in the postseason as he is in the regular season. He is worse. When we start assigning blame for why the Ravens lost to the Kansas City Chiefs, Lamar is going to have the biggest slice of the pie. Well, if you caught our interview yesterday with Legereus Sneed, you know that he basically confirmed, not basically, he did confirm that there was one plan with Lamar Jackson for the Chiefs to beat them. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. And in case you didn't hear it, here is Legereus with us yesterday, the Chiefs cornerback, on whether or not he was surprised that the 
Baltimore Ravens did not try to run the football more. Uh, yes, man. You know, that was our idea, though, to get them to throw the ball. And that's what we made them do, though. Try to stop Lamar from running the ball. But, yeah, it was definitely surprising that they didn't run the ball as much as they usually do. What did you guys do to try to force that, to try to make them throw the football? Was the feeling right away that if we set Lamar up to try to beat us through the air, we're going to be able to beat him? Yeah, yeah. We just did what we did, you know, spat through all type of coverages at him. You know, we manned up on the outside. You know, the guys up front handled him. And that's what happened. They loaded the bus up on him and make sure we made Lamar through the ball when he was going to have success. You know, it's absolutely absurd when you look back and realize that the Baltimore Ravens, between everybody, only ran the football 16 times. And it's not like they weren't having success. They rushed at 16 for 81. Lamar had 54 of them on eight carries. And, Joe, here's the other thing. I mean, Gus Edwards has three carries in the game. Three carries in the game. Like, what are they doing in losing that game? And it's... It's a few days removed now, I understand it, but it is mind-blowing, especially when you hear somebody on the other side of the ball. Yeah, we were shocked that was happening. I I think that's as about as insulting as it gets. Yeah. That he wasn't – I let me be clear – Sneed's not trying to be insulting, and the no. game plan wasn't trying to be insulting, but think about this for a second. The MVP of the NFL, who has a previous MVP award and is about to win another one, was hosting the AFC Championship game. He's a quarterback, and the opposing defense came in with a plan that said, we need to force him to throw the ball. We will have a better chance of winning if that MVP, who plays quarterback, has to throw the ball. That is such a slap in the face as to what they think of his skill set as a passer. And oh, by the way, throwing the ball in that game, 20 of 37, mm -hmm. which is a 54% completion rate. For those unfamiliar, that is pathetic. 272 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Several missed passes, a few drops, no mojo, no flow, no consistency whatsoever. It's not all on him. John Harbaugh did an awful job having his team ready for that game. And from a coordinator perspective on offense all the way through the players, they did not execute. They did not perform well. But my God, the Kansas City game plan was to make the MVP of the NFL throw the ball. If the MVP was a wide receiver, that's fantastic. Making a wide receiver throw is exactly where you want to be. Making a running back kick is exactly where you want to be. Making a quarterback throw, putting you in a better position to win the game, says everything you need to know about where Lamar Jackson is as a threat in the passing game. So now what the question is, what does this mean now for Lamar moving forward? Because he's going to get his second MVP. He was much better throwing the football all season long, but yet still not enough to convince another team to not force him into it. I mean, what does that mean for him now when we are moving forward here and what he's got to accomplish with this Baltimore team? Well, previously, all of the blame was assigned to lack of weapons and the offensive coordinator. Right, So they got right. rid of Greg Roman, and then they drafted Zay Flowers, and they signed Odell Beckham, and they, they have a really good offensive line. That's a top-five unit right there. So you've got a good offensive line. You've got some wide receivers. You've got Mark Andrews at tight end. Isaiah likely stepped up to be a great weapon at tight end as well. I don't know if there's any more blame to assign. I'm already hearing about the offseason. They need to go get themselves a running back. Like, okay, you might want to 
strengthen up your depth because you tend to get injured at that position every year. Okay, but there's no more blame to go around. Are we putting it on Todd Monken? Are we going to go right from Greg Roman to Todd Monken and blame him? Or are we going to look at the quarterback and say, hey, man, like, you need some development here. You got to put the work in because your hated rival came into your house and said, we're going to win this game if we make you throw. And they did that and you didn't do anything about it. You only solidified the fact that that's the best way to slow down the Baltimore offense. Like something's got to happen and it's got to involve, and maybe this is just me. It's got to involve speeding up the damn offense Every single play that that team runs, they're down to five seconds on the play clock by the time they snap the ball. There is no sense of urgency. They kept running it down, and you're sitting there thinking, you know, you're doing what Kansas City wants you to do. What is taking so long to execute these plays? You're hurting your percentage chance of winning. And then finally, down two scores in under five minutes to go, they're out there rushing up to the line of scrimmage. It was too late for that. They play with no tempo. They play with no urgency. I don't know if that's a Jackson thing or a strategic thing or what, but I'd like to see the offense play with some pace every now and again. I I don't disagree with you because, first of all, the Chiefs had 16 more offensive plays than they did. 16. That shouldn't be the case with a team that wants to run the ball. And it still blows me away that when you do the math on it, it's 28% of the time they ran the football against a team that, if it has a weakness on defense, is against the run. And you weren't down four touchdowns in the game. No. So it blows my mind. So now it it does make me think that the way for the Chiefs to try to win this game, not just this is the only reason, I want Brock Purdy to beat me. That's I want Brock Purdy to beat me. You got to figure. That's why McCaffrey's got to have a big game plan here, right? Like yeah. McCaffrey has to be huge in this game because that's the weak spot. As we said, going into the Baltimore game, that's the weak spot of the Kansas City defense is the rushing attack. Does Kyle Shanahan dare get caught up the same way Todd Monken got caught up, fall for the bait and start throwing the ball all over the field? Is Boy. Purdy better equipped to throw on the Baltimore defense than Lamar Jackson? Have we been able to trust uh, Kyle Shanahan in these big situations to – you know, kind of stick with the plan. That's going to be one of the big questions next week. Not necessarily. I would absolutely start working on trying to force him into doing that. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN radio.